Hello, humans, and welcome to Sinister Soup, the show where we discuss genre fiction through the lens of ridiculous conversation and beer. 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 All right. Um, I had to come in with the, like, weird robotic voice. I don't know why. That's just how I was feeling today. Hello, everybody. Uh, we have a podcast for you, as we always do. And as always, I am one of your hosts, Travis Vermolum. I'm the other one, Clay Vermolum. And today we will be talking about a very hotly debated show. I think there's either people on both extremes and no one in the middle. We're going to be talking about Supernatural, the television series, and introducing some culture as well before we get to that. So culture's always first, Clay. What do you got? So yeah, this week I am going to shout out this group that does some really awesome stuff in the short story publishing game. Um, I talked about them briefly last week as they're the people who referred me to the submission grinder that I promoted last week. This week I want to talk about them. They are called Escape Artists. And what they do is they publish an online literary magazine Uh, But instead of just publishing the written stories, they publish them in audio format. Yeah, so they have a lot of really good narrators, and they just narrate stories. um, And like us, they specialize in genre fiction. And they have like three different branches of production that they do. So they have Escape Pod, which is their science fiction. They have Pod Castle, which is their fantasy branch. And then they have Pseudopod, which is their horror branch. And you can submit to any or all of those during their open submission period. And if they pick up your story, they assign it to a narrator and they read it. So it's pretty awesome. All right. That sounds Um, awesome. Yeah. So if you like, like, audiobooks or podcasts or both, and you want to check out some, like, fictional short stories written by authors that these guys have published then Escape Artists is a really awesome place to go. And again, they have sci-fi, horror, and fantasy, so you can kind of pick your poison, and they have tons of episodes. They've been doing this for a few years now. It's really awesome, and they have a back catalog, too, going back through 2020 and 2021, so you can listen to all kinds of uh, stories. I feel like they might be on, like, it's, it's a bold statement, but like the cutting edge of something too, because I've begun to notice that purely audio stories are becoming more of a, like we've had podcasts for a while now, obviously, like podcasts have blown up for a while and Audible has been doing very well, but like recently, if you look on Audible, there's been a lot more like, stu- like story plays basically that were just audiobooks that like you can't find them in a physical written down copy they are only audiobook stories and that is very interesting to me that maybe that's a new versioning form of storytelling that's going to become super popular yeah i mean i think it already is um i mean like joanna penn who does the creative pen podcast has been talking about that for since like 2016 Mm. um but I think she was right, and I think you're right. I think a group like this is totally ahead of the curve there, you know? Mm-hmm. They're in the right place at the right time. Because people are always on the move and stuff, and 
reading a book takes hours of time whether even when it's a small book it takes a few hours to read it and if you don't really like reading but you love stories you might choose to digest a lot of your stories through audio content like like i do mm -hmm. i read um regularly but i also work like at my job my day job and stuff and i love just having an audiobook so or something like uh like the escape artists to listen to stories all day and uh something really cool about these guys too is you know they're publishing authors like me they're publishing authors that are like um you know from all over the spectrum of being a professional writer you know sometimes first time published authors or authors who have published a few things but if you read like a audiobook collection of like the best horror stories of the year or something mm -hmm. you're reading all like really for the most part you're reading very successful well-known authors which is great like those stories are awesome but this is a way to see the stories of authors and writers that you may not see elsewhere. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. That's something that I think we should always look for and that we're hoping to like bring to our listeners for sure. So Definitely. What do you got for culture this week? Uh, I am also bringing a sort of independent artist who um, is a friend. I My friend Monica White actually did the art funny enough for my longest running D&D game. I have one of her like pictures that was commissioned by uh, her brother who's one of my players as like my background on my phone and it's of our party but her creator name is R.M. Dooley on Tapas. It's a open forum sort of creator website much like Twitch where creators just kind of like make their content and are subscribed to and you can give them support uh individually it's like funded i think by just people who are on the website and really enjoy something um and she has a comic series called legio arcana that i'm just mm. gonna read the details that she has in the summary because i don't think i could do it justice with just a me trying to summarize what i have read so far it's very good but um so Here's the sort of summary. For millennia, the Arcane Legion has stood against supernatural forces and protected the world from dark powers. In present-day Seattle, six members of the Ancient Legion keep the Emerald City safe from demons, monsters, and all that goes bump in the night. While the supernatural evils they face are deadly, the greatest danger is falling sway and becoming one of the monsters they fight. When the Arithmancer Oded Dao is offered the chance to escape his curse and undo past wrongs. He'll risk everything, his life, his team, his soul, to see it done. So it's definitely up our alley. <laughs> it oh, is yeah, very like sure. horror-focused, supernatural, urban fantasy. Um, I'm about five chapters in, or five episodes in, so I'm on the first chapter of the comic still, but it's very good. The art style is super unique and cool. Um, and I'm just starting to get into sort of some of the magic mechanics and they're really interesting, especially if you're a fan of like Harry Dresden or Alex Vera's sort of type series is this seems to be a lot in that kind of vein and very well done. Yeah, it sounds awesome. We should review it one of these times. Yeah, I, I think that would be a cool thing and maybe we could open, open a few doors into sort of the comic book or manga genres is, is more places we could review stuff yeah totally 
I I definitely think that's a good idea. All right. That is our culture that we brought for the week. So we have Legio Arcana, which can be found on the Tapas website under R.M. Dooley is the creator name. Very good sort of graphic novel comic. And what would tell the info on yours again, Clay? Uh, it's called The Escape Artists. You could find them by looking that up. They just have a, a website, The Escape right. Artists Podcast. And then you can look up the, uh, you can also look up the individual like genre podcast that you're looking for if you want Podcastle, Escape Pod, or Pseudopod. Yeah. So those are both great sources for independent content and exactly what we're kind of trying to promote here on the show. But now for our next segment, the main one, the meat of the meal, unless you're vegetarian or vegan, then it's like the beans and protein base of the meal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which it's is, the lentils of the meal. It is the lentils of the meal, which is forced entrollment. We, as always, will roll a dice, and whoever has the lower roll will have to attack whatever book or movie or show we are reviewing, and whoever has the higher roll will have to defend whatever book or movie or show we are reviewing, which is... What again, Clay? Oh, well, that's going to be Supernatural. For those of you who uh, don't know Supernatural, it is one of CW's shows, uh, probably one of their, well, not one of their longest running, but a long-running CW show. Mm -hmm. Um, And the premise of it is there's two brothers, Dean and Sam Winchester, who are monster hunters. Um, so it's kind of like an urban fantasy slash horror kind of tale. Uh, these brothers hunt everything from sexy vampires to demons and ghosts and werewolves. And I mean, honestly, if there is a mythical creature that is at all towards the surface, um, mm-hmm. Supernatural has probably had an episode where Sam and Dean fight it. They've <laughs> they've. They've done a good job of covering their bases on world folklore and mm-hmm. doing a lot of different creatures. So if you're like a monster geek, that's that's who it's for is monster geeks. And um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much the premise. They they fight monsters. They travel around. They listen to a lot of 80s hair metal. Yep. They have a cool car. They have a real neat car. Yep. And uh, they like it a lot. All right. Well, before we roll, there will be a trivia question that will be asked. Um, yes. And whoever is successful in either answering it or not answering it, if the person who was asked does not answer correctly, the asker gets to roll with advantage, roll two dice, take the highest roll. And if the person who was asked is successful, that person gets to roll with advantage. So, my question to you, brother, and this will not be multiple choice because I'm pretty dang sure you would get it, like, right away if it was. So, throwing your tough one. Gave you a weak one last time, so that was a tough one. The Supernatural books are written in, I believe, season four, and they Mm -hmm. prophesize 
the entire life of Sam and Dean Winchester. They pick the books up and they figure out that their entire life has basically been written down. That is later revealed to have been done by a man named Chuck Shirley, but he writes under what pseudonym? Mm, good question. Yeah, you're right. I'd probably get it if I heard it, but mm -hmm. I have no idea. Any wild guesses? No, no idea. His name is Carver Edlund, is his pseudonym. Mm. Yeah, okay. Carver, Carver Edlund, which I think you would have got that if I gave you a multiple choice. I actually, I don't know if I would. I remembered <laughs> that his name was Chuck. Because mm -hmm. uh, they don't ever call him Carver Edlund in the show much, I feel like. Yeah. Like, uh, it's on all the books and, like, his, his fans call him that. But um, I feel like most of the time he's talking to Sam or getting yelled at by Dean. And... They call him Chuck. <laughs> they call him Chuck. Yeah, which, spoiler alert, you do know, like, Chuck, like, how it ends in the, the season finales, right? What, with Chuck, Chuck? Chuck is God. No. <laughs> I did not know that Chuck yeah, was God. Yeah, Chuck was God the whole time. <laughs> oh, boy. All, All right. right. Well, carry on. Let's roll. Let's roll. Don't think I'm going to beat that first one, but let's try. Yeah, I got a 19. 15. Oh, yeah. Woohoo! All right. So, Supernatural. This is a show I definitely grew to appreciate more once I started my master's degree, which is kind of funny. I kind of watched it when I was a teenager when you first, like, introduced it to me and definitely thought it was just fun, pulpy horror, like, cool monsters, like, cool relationship between the two brothers. Uh, pretty decent world building and a lot of characters you could like really grow to love. But now that I've sort of been studying theology for a year, year and a quarter now, I have realized that Eric Kripke, who created the show, did his day in homework. And that's kind of a cool thing to see. First, I'll preface this by saying there is not one approach to the Bible. So like when I say he did his homework, I'm saying that he took from a lot of different theories around like the books of the Bible and the historical sort of Christian theology and a bunch of theories from um, apocalyptic uh, writing. And it's like cool to see a lot of those blended together. So you don't get this one like side Christian narrative of the apocalypse that's coming and angels and demons and Satan and God. He kind of like picked a lot of elements from different writers around the theological realm and added those together into this coherent story about like the end of the world being impending. It definitely loses steam after season five when that vision is first sort of realized and then they decide to keep it going for some reason. But it does pick up steam later because he, whoever took over as showrunner, like realized what Kripke was doing and decided to grab some more like influence from different writers. For example, like in season uh, nine or 10, I believe, uh, you get introduced to the new villain who in seasons one through five it's like satan is the big bad and it's like okay that makes a lot of sense and then satan's gone and in season um, six through eight you're like how the heck are they going to top that and they introduce kind of a really weak villain that didn't make any sense and was stupid and tried to be like bigger than satan as a villain but wasn't 
but then they kind of recover by taking from this old old theory of like in the bible there's like in the beginning there was nothing but the original greek word for a lot of that was chaos and they introduced chaos as like a character as god's sister and it was like a really creative way that they took just that small translation thing that is so heavily debated in like the field that i'm studying and made it a narrative like tool and chaos is often referred to like in the bible especially in the original greek and so that's kind of been a cool thing that i've begun to grow to appreciate that on surface level the show does look like super cwe very like base teenage drama kind of thin layer very shallow but you realize after a while that they did do their research and they put a lot of effort into creating storylines that drew on that sort of European Christian theological era of like writing. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they, they sure did that. Um, the reason it looks like a surface level CW, uh, BS, soap opera for monster geeks is because that is exactly what it is (laughs) with an ode to hair metal just i i don't even want to say peppered throughout it it is like liberally doused upon the show you could tell that that as well as like an obsession with classic cars like this show is supposed to be happening in like uh what in the modern day right Mm -hmm. but did you ever notice that like all over the place there's classic cars like old cars if you watch the early seasons especially of that show it seems like they were trying to set it like back in the in the 80s or the 90s almost with all the vehicles they had driving around and not just the hunters though hunters seem to like i don't know if you you're allowed to be a hunter unless you drive an old beater vehicle i never <laughs> i never saw a hunter who's driving like uh, a a 2009 Ford Escape you know everything was like from the 70s or from the 80s anyway those are those aren't even like real gripes my main problem with Supernatural is well I've always called it Dragon Ball Z Syndrome because Dragon Ball Z was supposed to be over after Frieza like that was the complete Mm storyline and then they kept going so every season and Frieza, like if you don't know Dragon Ball Z, Frieza was a villain with enough power to blow up a planet with his finger. So trying to top that season after season gets a little dicey. And Dragon Ball Z fell right into that trap. Um, and it, it's happened in a lot of shows, but the one that resonates with me is Dragon Ball Z. And Supernatural does the exact same thing. You have Satan, who walks into a room full of gods from other religions, literally gods from all over the world. And if this isn't some Eurocentric BS crap, then I don't know what is. Satan, when he walks into a room full of like every Hindu god, every Buddhist uh, deity, he walks right in and he literally, listeners, he literally snaps his fingers and like can just kill them, all of them. Like we're talking about Kali like god of war in the hindu faith and he just walks right in and just ices her like no problem she's just weak just no power whatsoever but then satan gets killed by like 
a human guy. And for the rest of the show, they're trying to top him. And like, I, I carried on because I, again, I think Supernatural was pretty much written through season five when Satan died. Like, they had a really good, fleshed-out plotline for that part of the show. But after that, it felt like they were just scrabbling, just like Dragon Ball Z, to try to top it. And another big problem I have with it, and it's the same thing that happened to Dragon Ball Z, I hate when characters never actually die. I hate that. It takes all the suspense and all the drama out of a show. I think we looked it up um, how many times Sam and Dean die throughout the entire run of of Supernatural. Mm -hmm. That's 12 seasons, ladies and gentlemen. They die over 100 times a piece. Okay, yeah. Which is just, it's a bit much. Not not even Dragon Ball Z, I don't think, kills Goku that many times. I will say- Goku three or four times a season. That number takes into account the time travel episode where like Dean dies like 60 times in one episode. He dies 26 it's, times. It's 26 like a Groundhog Day episode. So that's that count Tw- isn't that fair. 26 in times <laughs> in one episode. Yes. He dies over 100 times. <laughs> they it's have still more, more too of them much. Though. It's still too much. It's mm-hmm. way, way, way too many times. Because by the time he dies the 27th time i'm already like well dean's not dead so this entire episode is like these episodes that should be big deals like when sam or dean die that should be a really big deal episode right but it becomes a filler episode because you know it's not gonna happen It made me think, like, Bobby isn't even actually dead, you know? And that should have been a huge thing. And he's not, because they bring him back as a ghost. So it's like, he's not really dead. He's still Mm -hmm. in the show. And I didn't watch watch, uh, six of the seasons. I I stopped at, or seven, five of the seasons. I stopped at season seven. So I would not be surprised if Bobby comes back again. Does he? Uh, I didn't make it far enough. I don't think he actually does, honestly. Okay, once they like set his ghost character free, he's uh he's gone. He's gone. But listen, well, that's um, good. But that happens for like five more episodes I after just, Bobby's supposed to be dead. I think like yes, those those are points of contention. But I think like ultimately the show does what it's meant to do. It it intends to set out to be sort of this. Ghost hunting. Happy Halloween! What are you drinking today, Clay? Well, I'm back on the quest for right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a hazy IPA from one of my favorite local breweries. All right. Um, apparently, it's a New England style IPA, whatever that mm-hmm. means. It's supposed to be less bitter. I guess is the idea behind a New England style IPA. So yeah, we're hoping that that's true. Um, I tend to like the haziness when it mm-hmm. isn't accompanied by a bitter punch to my taste buds, but it usually is. Mm-hmm. So anyway, this is the this is the Alpen Haze Hazy IPA from Icicle Brewing in Leavenworth, which is my favorite brewery in Washington. Um, I am drinking Allagash White. Uh, it is a 
Belgian style wheat beer. Allagash is a brewing company in Portland, Maine, not Portland, Oregon. Well, I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Why not? It's very, I don't, I, hoppy's not right, the right word. It's very like citrusy, but too citrusy. Hmm. I don't know why you get these beers with citrus. You never like them. I know. I don't either. And you're not trying to find one that you like, like like I am with IPAs. Well, let me tell you why. Because I go into the beer store and I tell people about our podcast. And I say, hey, I need mm. to review some beers. And I'm like, just grab me some beers. And they usually grab me like citrus. I'm trying an IPA for the next episode, which I know I'm going to hate. But the guy grabbed it. So. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> got to do what I got to do. Do you like your IPA? Have you found the one yet? I don't know if this is the one. Um, mm. It's not bad, though. I do. Uh, I can drink it. Yeah. All right. It's, uh, it is a little less bitter than most of the ones I've had, and it's definitely pretty hazy, so they live up to their description. But, yeah, I mean, it's still just got that hoppy flavor, which I don't know that I'll find an IPA that doesn't have that. That's probably fruitless, like trying to find a clam chowder that doesn't have milk. Mm, mm-hmm. So maybe this is a hopeless cause. I don't know. But it's not bad. I Mostly I want to find an IPA because everybody drinks them around here. And yeah. when you like have friends over, I like to have like beer that everybody likes. And I'm like yeah. the only one that doesn't like IPA. Yeah. So one of these days. You're such a caring host. I usually just have beer that I like. And if people don't like it, then... <laughs> Too bad. <laughs> Oh, you don't want to drink stouts and Bud Light? Okay. I'm sorry. I have water. All right. Uh, well, <laughs> I think it's time. Sam! Dude! Um, okay. <laughs> get back to it. Yeah, get back on track. I didn't lie, but if you <laughs> noticed, I never actually said that I very I enjoyed the plot or the writing or the characters of supernatural i just said that i enjoy that eric Kripke definitely actually did do his research which i do but the show itself is very much just cw dribble which i it's fun and i had a lot of fun watching it while i did but upon re-watching it i'm like this is not good <laughs> <laughs> and furthermore my theology kind of studies have definitely shown me a little more about what I appreciate about the research that was put into it, but also what I don't appreciate because coming along with theological studies is into religious studies. And the fact that I'm glad you pointed out the scene you did because when I watch it, I cringe. Like it's Satan really cringy. Killing the Hindu gods. I was like, that is the worst, most just like Christian European, like we are better than every other religion and everyone else can just go away seeing I've ever probably seen in television, especially Kali. Like if you know Kali's origin story. Dude, that <laughs> scene makes me so angry. Cause I'm like, Kali is, she's, she's bad. Yeah. Kali's bad. Mess with Kali. And I mean, I'm a Catholic, like I am a Christian person, but like, I understand that like, 
we have to have religious dialogue. And that's just the opposite of dialogue. It was terrible. And there's instances like that a lot in the show where it's just like so heavily influenced by one religion. But they're trying to say that like, they're trying to like make the case that other religions exist in their world that they've built, but that they're all just dominated by like Christianity, which I'm fine if your theme of your story is like Christian focused and that's where it lies and you take stories from the Bible. But as soon as you incorporate other religions, you're like dancing this really fine line of how do you have that dialogue and not be offensive about it? And they were just like blatantly like, oh, we don't care. We're just going to be really offensive about it. Yeah, they <laughs> no. didn't care. Some Eurocentric trash for sure. Mm-hmm. But the, uh, it, and like you say, it's all over the show. Like if there's a powerful demon around, it's the most powerful creature in the room. Like, mm-hmm. hands down. It doesn't matter if there's a literal god in the room. If there's a Christian demon in there, too, then that demon is probably more powerful, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, that was unfortunate. They uh, they do, when, when Christianity isn't around and they do stuff with other gods, like demigods, it was a lot of fun. And... I mean, I was actually, again, this goes back to the Christian domination of that show, but the uh, one thing I was really irritated about, actually, was that the trickster turned out to be an archangel. I hated that. Mm -hmm. I hated that. I'm like, that's the biggest god figure of so many other cultures, like especially Native American cultures, you know? The trickster, yeah. Yeah, first of all, if he'd have been cast as like a Native American and been like a trickster god... That would have been awesome, you mm-hmm. know? But instead, they made him, like, just a, a, an angel that isn't doing angel stuff. And that was really annoying to me. Yeah. I, I think, too, like, and I think we've had this conversation before of, like, why is everything happening in America? Oh, yeah. It's ridiculous, <laughs> like, dude. Why everything. Is, like, why is the gateway to hell, like, in K- Kansas, like... I don't get that because like, even if you're a Christian, you understand that the majority of our history, I'm saying this at like our, like I am a Christian, the majority of our history is not in America. It's in Europe. It is in Italy. It is in Germanic areas. You know, it's in like early Greek countries. There is no reason that all the events they wrote into this show, other than the fact that they're filming in America to an American audience, is literally the only reason that all of this stuff would take place in America. That is so bothersome. Dude, literally the whole show. Like, how many times do they leave America? Maybe, like, five. I don't know. Yeah, I maybe have a friend five. who would know more, but <laughs> that actually finished it. <laughs> so maybe I'll ask him after we record. There are so many episodes of Supernatural. And literally the only one I can think of where they leave the country is the one where they brief go to Scotland. Yeah, I think they have. And they just kind of like pop over to Scotland and then they're back in America. I think they leave more when they get into like the weird men of letters stuff, which is like the, which of course the only time they leave is like to go visit a secret London society that's really hoity-toity and yeah, I don't know. The more of course. The show now, it's like, there's a lot of problems here. It's mm-hmm. just a lot of, like, stereotypes and 
Yeah. It was entertaining for when I was a teenager. I absolutely loved it, like I said. But rewatching it, it does not hold up. And it's, yeah. Yeah, and I'm not going to lie. Like, I had a great time watching, again, like the first five seasons for the <laughs> most part. There's a few things that are annoying, but there's a lot of good fun entertainment in there you know mm-hmm. i i still love the first season mm-hmm. um that was before it had a pretense of like this big overarching theme of christianity so much and they just kind of drove around and hunted monster to monster every episode was just like a new monster that they hunted mm-hmm. and i kind of liked that formulaic approach better than when they tried to have this big overarching christian sympathy for the devil plot yeah which i mean I think that is when they kind of went downhill is like, I feel like to some listeners it'll sound like we're just like bashing the Christian theme. No, like I think Mm -hmm. if that's your story, that's your story. But they started as a monster hunting story with like a bunch of different influences from different cultures. And then as soon as angels and demons got introduced, those just kind of went out the window and they were like, nothing's stronger than an angel or a demon. And that's it. And everything else can just be explained under this like big, big umbrella of angels and demons. And yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good point. That was the problem. That was the problem. Like, if they would have stuck with, like you say, season one themes of like we're gonna explore a new monster from a different place, uh, and they all kind of exist on Earth, and we're not gonna try and explain that away with any kind of religion. That I'm on board. You know, that's fun. Um, mm-hmm. But they like completely switched coats in season three, and it just didn't work, in my opinion. Yeah, because then any time it was a non, basically a non-Christian monster, then it was just like a filler episode. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, instead of like the point of the show, which that's what I liked about the show. Because above all, I'm a huge monster geek. I just that's why I write a blog about it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, that's what I think. I think it's a fun monster geek show for the first couple seasons for sure. If you're into just like lots of different monsters and two good looking guys killing them, that's <laughs> that's what the show's about. Yeah, and setting like unrealistic height standards. I mean, talk about that. Dean <laughs> is like six one and next yeah. to Sam he looks like our height. <laughs> right, and he's always gets made fun of for being short. Yeah, it's like, dude, like, you're 6'1". <laughs> the guy's not short. Uh, Get Jim's real. Is not short. Um, no. Well, I think that's a show. Yeah, yeah. we did it. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Um, make sure to check the links in the bio for the culture of the week we brought. Some two awesome independent art uh, locations and you can find me on instagram uh, uh t vermolum og i'm actually starting to join bookstagram so usually at the end of the show i would say there's no real reason to follow me but now there might be i'm going to review some books so if you want to see those hop over to my instagram also i have a tiktok but that really is useless <laughs> <laughs> and if you're not sold yet but wait there's more um yes go check out travis he does good book reviews on his bookstagram that he's getting started i've read all the ones so far and i think they're pretty uh 
pretty good. Yeah, and you can find me at Instagram too. I'm Claver Mullen Fiction at Claver Mullen Fiction, and then I'm on Twitter as at Clayton Vermolum. And you can find me at LinkedIn as well. Just Clay Vermola. All that stuff will be down in the description of the episode. As always, I have been one of your hosts, Travis Vermola. I've been the other, Clay Vermola. And we are both still those people. Goodbye. Bye.